0: Happy Monday and welcome back to another episode of Hot Miss Mom Health. I'm super excited that you are here this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is gonna be a book review on the book by Ed Milet called The Power of One More: The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success. And I have mentioned this a couple weeks ago that I had finished it in my updates to my 40th birthday. And hands down, this is probably one of the most influential books that I've read in my life and I don't say that lightly I think this is going to become like a reference book for me one of those books that I constantly go back to for just inspiration positivity and just to kind of like refocus and like reflect on what's going on in my life and I cannot say enough good things about this book I hope that the information I'm going to give you, I'm not going to. I try. To, I don't want to like ruin the book for everybody, but I want to share with everyone exactly the most important parts that I found in the book and how I think they can relate to you. You know, maybe some of your lives, how they relate to my life, and just the overall concept of this book because I think this is a must-read for everyone. Like I am reading it. I've read it. I'm going to read it again. I want my husband to read it. I want friends to read it. I want to buy this book for others. I want my sales team that I work with to, to read the book. I just think it is such a well written, great book that everyone could read and really get stuff out of. And I don't, I read a lot of books and some of them are okay. And this is just one that is like, it hit me over the head with so many different things. And I just want everyone else to get as much as you can out of this book as well. So I'm going to try to do my best to go through the chapters that I found the most impactful to me, um, kind of explain why and kind of go through some things and references that I think um, everyone can kind of relate to out there if you are a hot mess mom. And I hope that you want to go Russian by the book. I think the audio book is coming out soon, I think in a week or two, but I did buy the hard book. And I mean, it is, like I said, going to be a reference point for me. So I highly recommend getting yourself an actual book as well. But I actually may listen to the audio just to, you know, get it in my ears, get it in my eyes, get it all in my head because it's that good. Okay. All right. So obviously you can tell I'm obsessed with this book. Um, And I think it has so many, so many things that you can apply it to, not just health and wellness, but I will reference back to health and wellness a decent amount. Um, Okay, so my first favorite chapter is chapter one, and it's called One More Identity. So the biggest takeaway in this chapter is that the biggest relationship and the best relationship you will ever have is with yourself, right, and how you identify. And if your current identity isn't helping you or benefiting you or serving you, it might be time to really take a step back and reevaluate that. Maybe it requires you to go some therapy. Maybe it requires talking to someone at your church or a really good friend with just some of those thoughts that you're struggling with. Because I know for me, that is something that I've struggled with. Just being stuck in, you know, maybe like a childhood trauma phase or just an identity that I'm not good enough and things like that. And a lot of times it can keep you stuck. Um, So reshaping your identity because Your relationship that you have with yourself is the absolute most important one. It's more important than your kids. It's more important than your spouse, your mom, everything. It is the most important relationship because it literally trickles into everything else that you do, how you act, and the joy that you get out of life. And one big thing that he references, and I've referenced numerous times before on this podcast, is one way you can help create a different identity for yourself is by making a promise to yourself and keeping it. So continuously doing that by making a promise to yourself and keeping it helps reshape your identity. So let's say you kind of just say, I'm not a runner. I can't run. And then you're like, look, I'm going to make a goal to do a couch to 5K. I'm going to make the promise. I'm going to get up and run for 20 minutes. Even if I stop and start 100 times, this is what I'm going to do. Every time you do that, you start creating the identifier of a runner You know, something personally that I've struggled with is when someone asks me what I do, I never say I'm a podcaster. It's not how I identify, but yet I have two podcasts and I'm approaching 100 episodes with this one. I'm approaching 30 episodes with my other one. And I should be identifying and I'm putting in the, the reps to say that I'm a podcaster, but sometimes I struggle with the fact that I am a podcaster. So I get it. Some of these things are hard, but it is really great to read it in someone else's verbiage and kind of let that sink in because I think it's super helpful in creating a better identity. If the one you have for yourself is not serving you, maybe, you know, make little promises to yourself and keep them and see how you feel, see what you're adjusting to create your new identity. All right, chapter three is my next favorite chapter. And I don't, even though I'm skipping around, all the chapters are great. I just you know, wanted to give you guys some of the most juicy things that I could get out of the book and share them with you. So chapter three is called One More Try. And I think this is so important when it comes to our health and wellness, not giving up on ourselves. And he uses this awesome example of a pinata where if you have a pinata at a party and there's a bunch of kids Everyone goes up and swings either like a whiffle ball bat or a baseball bat at this piñata and they keep they keep trying. They keep trying and they keep trying and eventually they get their prize. They get what they want. But they don't give up. Whether they knock the one arm off the thing or the head off the thing or the leg or whatever they put a hole in it and it just seems frustrating like they're never going to get their prize, they eventually get their prize. And it's just the concept of continuously trying over and over again and not giving up on yourself, not giving up on your dreams. Um, relating it back to health and wellness, you know, not giving up. If you've tried, you know, a hundred diets, maybe take a reflection point and say, "What can I do differently?" And let me try again. Maybe it's finding a group of people that you know are going through the same thing. Maybe it's finding a health coach. Maybe it's talking to your doctor. Maybe it's just letting your spouse in on what your goals are maybe trying that way but not giving up on what you want if that's truly what you want to be a healthier better you don't give up continuously make one more try you know something you know I'm in, I'm a sales rep something that you know kind of is salesy but it's like don't give up on that person if it's a customer you really want to work with if it's an account you're really trying to get in give it one more try maybe look at it a different way maybe talk to one of your colleagues about you know, how you can approach the customer differently. But if it's something you really want, whether it's, you know, a better relationship with your spouse, a better relationship with your kids, give it one more try. You always have the opportunity to give it one more try, right? So don't give up on yourself and continuously try and try again until you get what you want. Um, all right. Chapter four. This was a really interesting concept. It is one more in the five principles of time management. And I really found this quite interesting how he breaks down the concept of time and how he says the 24 hour clock was you know, made forever ago and our lives have evolved. And they're so much different than they used to be, where we can get information at the the snap of our fingers, right? You go to Google and you can find out anything. You have your iPhone, you have your computers, we have the internet. All of this stuff is constantly available to us and flooding however fast we want it, right? That didn't used to be the case. So, what he is saying is make, to make more efficient use of time is to break down your day in three parts. So, your day, your first day would begin. You know, 6 a.m. to noon, second day would begin noon to 6 a.m., and then your third day would begin 6 p.m. to 12 midnight. And that almost creates a different sense of urgency within yourself where you you have three days in one where others have one day. So just thinking about it like that can really change your mentality on time and what you can accomplish in a day. You're actually changing that relationship that you have with time by breaking it down into those three points. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it's something that I want to start you know, implementing in my life, just being more focused from a 6 a.m. to a noon and just seeing how that goes because there is something to be said about how you perceive something and what you can do. I mean, I've talked about that too where sometimes the concept of saying I don't have time really creates that reality for yourself, but getting out of that mindset of I don't have time, this is another way to say I have six hours, this is my day one, what can I accomplish? And it does feel good to accomplish things. So changing that perspective on time could be super helpful. And I really liked how he got into that and his approach to it because I have not heard that before um, on any other books that I've read or podcasts that I've heard. Okay, so my next chapter that I want to talk about is chapter six and it's one more association. So this is the concept um, basically speaking about who you surround yourself with. And, you know, something that I believe is, you know, you are, you know, you become what you're most affiliated with in essence. So the people that you surround yourself with, the people that you allow in your inner circle, are they benefiting you? Are they serving you? Are you guys able to have mutual respect for each other? You know, who are you letting in and why? And really taking a step back to evaluate your relationships because you could potentially be one association away from changing your life. So, and obviously look at that in a positive way or you can look at it in a negative way, but if those people that you allow in the inner circle are bringing you down, if they're speaking negatively, if they are not bringing positivity to your life and the things that you want to accomplish, are you in essence bringing yourself down? And we should treat relationships more dynamic that there there's ebbs and flows of relationships with people and people can come and go and it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just we need to check in with our relationships and see how people are serving us and maybe it is time to distance yourself from some people and maybe it is time to bring others closer to your inner circle and really when you start you know, reaching out, trying to make new friends and make new associates, trying to see where these people fit into your life. And it's okay. It's okay to set boundaries and it's okay to look at it like, you know, you are literally one person away from changing your life. And I think that that is so valid in today's world where, you know, we can let some toxic, toxic people get close to us. And that can in essence, change our mood, change, change our, perspective on things, bring us down. Some people want to keep you down. I mean, that's just the truth. So really taking a step back and evaluating your associations with others and kind of seeing where they fit into your life. And if you do need to distance yourself from some people, if they're not helping you get where you want to go. Okay. Chapter seven. This was probably... I wanna say this chapter is my favorite chapter and there's a lot of reasons for this. I am gonna, at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna read an excerpt from chapter um, seven and it's called One More Dream. So this is the concept that a lot of us are stuck in the past and I can raise my hand to this. This is probably, probably the biggest reason why I'm in therapy, but I'm stuck in the past and I have a really hard time of being a forward thinker. You know, kind of my complaining comes from being in the past and it can hold you back. So this is the concept of allowing yourself to imagine, allowing yourself to dream, allowing yourself almost to be like a child again in that, you know, way, just letting yourself see what's possible instead of getting stuck in these thought patterns that keep us stuck. And he refers to them as mental quicksand. And I really, really resonated with that because I think a lot of people out there can too, but you do get stuck in these negative patterns of thought and it does bring you down and it does hold you back so many times from attaining your goals, whatever they may be, whether it's finding a boyfriend or finding a new job or losing the last 10 pounds, whatever it is, we can easily, it's so much easier to get stuck in the bad patterns than it is to be a forward thinker. And this chapter literally like strangled me because everything he was saying really, really, really hit home with me. And I am going to read an excerpt at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned to the end because I will go through like a little bit of the book that I just thought was like, so had so much truth to it. And I think a lot of you can understand why when I read it. Um, chapters nine and 10, I'm going to kind of combine. Uh, one is called One More Goal and the other one's called The One More High Standard. And these two chapters really speak about goal setting and looking at the concept of goal setting by not necessarily keeping yourself attached to the end goal because you can't necessarily control the outcome of every goal. However, you can control your standards and what you're willing to accept. So I thought that was really important because a lot of us will set a goal and we'll put the goal out there and we will we will basically form an identity around whether we hit the goal or we don't hit the goal. And I think that that can also be kind of detrimental to our own thinking in the sense that if we create a standard for ourselves, and that's almost like a promise we're keeping to ourselves, that is going to build the momentum to help us actually reach that long-term goal. And he does speak about goals in two separate ways. So he speaks... He speaks about one as a momentum building goal, which what I believe is like keeping those small promises to yourself and then a stretch life altering goal. So in a concept of weight loss, the stretch life altering goal might be losing 200 pounds, but the momentum building goal is losing the first 10, right? How, what are we going to do? What are the acts that it takes to lose the first 10 pounds? And that is going to build the momentum to get to your stretch life altering goal. So it's really just, this concept around creating goals that are going to stretch you, but also using your imagination and your dreaming to create the standards to get to those goals so that they're attainable. You know, instead of sitting here basing your end goal on the past where your past thinking is holding you back, make that stretch goal something that is is out there, but then make sure you're in a positive mindset when you're doing that. Make sure that you're not using the history of what's happened in the past to define any of this or to set your goals or to set your standards, making sure your standards are realistic and really just looking at goals like they're not who you are because ultimately you cannot control the outcome of every goal. You know, you can set your standards to a certain level and you can attain those. And at the end of the day, I would believe that if you did set your standards high enough, reasonable enough, realistic enough, you will end up hitting those goals. But thinking about it in the reverse can hold you back too. So he goes through ways to set higher standards. And I'm just going to read through the, um, the different um, things that he gives you. So understand your why, which I've spoken about ten, plenty of times in this podcast, breaking down a higher standard into detailed and achievable steps. So breaking them down, making them digestible. Be honest with yourself. Now, this is a tough one, but this is something I believe. Like being honest with yourself about what is a good expectation and what is not, and what what you can do. Right? If you are trying to lose weight, you're not going to go jump into a bodybuilding, you know, schedule. Maybe it's just literally going for a walk. Um, get help in areas you're weak. So really taking stock and knowing. What do you struggle with? Is it the accountability? Is it the actual workouts? Is it the food prep? Really, and the reaching out to area people that are experts in these fields that can help you. Use technology to set standards and maintain your new standards. So, instead of jotting things down on paper, maybe using your iPhone, maybe using a computer, maybe using an app, something that can help, you know, keep you going. Um, give dedicated thought to the relationship between your goals and your standards. Forget perfection. Which I'm going to raise my hand here. This is definitely a big thing in my eyes. Messy is better than perfect every single blessed time. Always, always, always. Don't overthink it. Again, I can get stuck in that trap, and I think a lot of people do too, where you want to get stuck in the weeds. But we really just need to keep that, keep it going, keep our thoughts above, you know, above the water, and just keep going. Um, and set standards to please yourself, because ultimately. Whatever goal you put out there, whatever standards you set, you are the one that matters when it comes to that. Set the standards that make you feel good and that will make you feel proud at the end when you accomplish them. And then chapter 14, I really loved. It was called One More Inconvenience. And this chapter is really all about the only way to get to great is to, be, to do inconvenient things. Right? Over and over again. And the concept of lots of things in our life are not gonna be easy. They're gonna be inconvenient, but they are worth it. Anybody out there who's ever achieved greatness, whatever that means for them, is not gonna tell you that it came easy for them, right? You have to get uncomfortable, you have to do hard things. That is unfortunately the reality. Nothing comes easy. And doing the hard things is what's gonna build that, you know, character and it's going to separate you from everyone else. And you know, I struggle with some of these things, right? Like I have goals for my 40th birthday. There are things that I want to achieve, ways I want to look, how I want to feel. And I'm trying not to get too attached to the goal. And I'm trying to get more attached to the way that I feel and just the promises that I've kept to myself along the way. So this is something that I'm working on. But I also know that Everything I'm doing is not convenient. Doing 75 hard right now is not super convenient. It's hard. And I'm making myself uncomfortable. I'm pushing myself to limits I never thought were possible. But I know at the end of it, I'm going to be better for that. And it's... Anybody that has achieved anything, whether it's a massive amount of weight loss, whether it's becoming a millionaire, no one's going to say, that was easy. I was comfortable doing that the whole time. You don't hear those things. People went through struggles. People had to do things that were super inconvenient. And that is just the way it is. And one other point that he made in that chapter was that relationships built on convenience rarely last. So I thought that was important too, because the concept of being convenient or inconvenient Looking at it even from a relationship perspective, that people that just fall into our laps, people that fall into our lives, people, you know, maybe when a friend moves away, it's not convenient anymore. They don't live down the street. But do you make an effort to see that person? You know, a relationship, when you have a long distance relationship, are you making the effort? Is it, even though it's inconvenient at the time, if it's worth it, you're going to make yourself uncomfortable and do the hard things, right? So I just thought that that was a really important point that relationships build on convenience fairly last. So it's a really another way to look back at your relationships and who you surround yourself with and take stock. And like, if this person is not even willing to do anything that makes them uncomfortable to be in a relationship with me, maybe that isn't the relationship or somebody that I want in my inner circle, you know? All right, and the last chapter that I wanna speak about is chapter 19. And this was one last one more. And this chapter had me hysterically crying in my room and it really made me emotional and it's just the concept around you never know when you have one last time right with somebody you you never know what tomorrow holds. And in order to live your life and at the end of the day, feel great about it, which that's, I think, what everybody wants. Nobody wants to go to the end of their life and say they lived a miserable life. I don't think anybody dreams to do that, wants to do that. But it's this concept that you can never give up, never give up on yourself, never give up on others, never give up on something that is important to you. And he speaks about his father, um, who was an alcoholic. And it was just that one last time that he dedicated himself to giving up alcohol, that he did it. And he dedicated the rest of his life to helping others. And I mean, Ed Milet's life is different because his dad didn't give up on himself. He didn't give up on his family. He didn't give up on having a different, better life. So for everyone out there listening, same thing. If you have been struggling for years with your weight, if you have been struggling to get healthy, if you have been struggling to just feel like a better you, it's never too late to give up on yourself. Never give up on yourself. Never, ever, ever. It's You You still have one more day. You still have another chance to try something different. Um, I just really believe that. It's never too late to give one more effort to try something. And you never know. Your life could literally be changed by just that effort of trying one more time. And I think that's kind of what the whole book is about, the whole concept of just trying one more thing. So, what I want to leave you with is an excerpt from chapter, let's see, it's the chapter on dreams, chapter seven. And I'm going to just read what, I, what really struck me as one of the most important parts of the entire book. All right. How often do you dream? And how often do you think about your career or how your boss has treated you over the years? In your personal life, have you obsessed about a rocky marriage? Have your parents, siblings, or friends hurt or betrayed you? Have you suffered through a string of health or financial setbacks? Think of your past like suitcases filled with cement. As heavy as those bags are, many of us are afraid to put those bags down because carrying them around is all we know. Even though you don't like those bags, there's a sense of security because those bags are filled with familiarity. That's why your brain likes going back there. Over time, the cement in those bags multiplies and your brain becomes heavier and more cluttered with life's challenges and adult worries. We also use our imperfect past to create a flawed vision of the future. Then we go live in that future and we get stuck. I just thought that that really hit home with me. And I can imagine it hit home with a lot of you that so much of our past, we are letting define our future. And it is really taking that conscious step back to remember that we are the ones that can create our future. Our past does not have to define our future. And it does take A little bit of rewiring of our brains and conscious effort. But I think it's so important, especially if you are on a health and wellness journey, to not define your future because of how your past health has been, right? At any moment, you can make that decision to change. You can make that decision to create a better health, healthy life for yourself. I believe that. I believe that it's possible for anyone out there listening. And Yeah, I just, I really love this book. I just, oh my God, if Ed Milet is listening, which I know he's not, I would love to have you on my podcast because I just thought this book just struck so many chords with me and I believe that so many people out there can benefit from this book. So if you're listening to this podcast, I cannot recommend this book enough. Go buy it. It's called The Power of One More, The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success by Ed Milet. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of hot mess mom health. If you love this episode, please leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me and it would help me get the word out about helping other moms reclaim their health. Thank you so much.